You're listening to MHD Off the Record South LA Highlights, where I, Siobhan Taylor, speak with local organizations, small businesses, and individuals doing amazing work in South LA. Here, we uplift and highlight their work while keeping you informed of the resources available in our community. On this episode, we speak with Jana Johnson, founder and owner of the Tree Yoga Cooperative, a yoga school and wellness hub in South Central LA. As a worker-owned cooperative that is woman, veteran, Black, Chicana, and immigrant-owned, Tree Yoga finds it important that people of color know that they are in a safe space to practice, teach, and enjoy wellness services. Jenna Johnson is a bilingual yoga instructor who leads the programming and training programs at the studio. Jenna has been practicing yoga since 2011 and is excited to continue to grow as a student of yoga and a student of life. Enjoy the show. So welcome, Jana. Thank you, Siobhan. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm excited because I've wanted you as a highlight for a while, and I'm yeah. glad we finally were able to make it happen. Absolutely. The Tree Yoga Cooperative is a space I had the opportunity to check out when our office did a retreat there. Yep. And it was had been years since I had done yoga, and or had a massage for that matter. <laughs> yes. Um, and you guys were able to set up a space for, and I'm guessing you do this for other businesses that might want to do this as well, you know, a space for a retreat. There was massage. There was some food, yeah. <laughs> some nice, nutritious food for us. There was uh, a space for us to create oil, uh, uh, what do you call it, body scrubs right. and uh, spritzers yep. and things like that. <laughs> There was acupuncture in our like a, a ear acupuncture, yes. which was really also very helpful. I think I fell asleep. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I don't know if I was supposed to, but it was so relaxing. Yeah. I just kind of knocked out. Yeah, that was actually a very special day, and I'm glad you enjoyed it. it you know, we just moved into this location in June, and, and let's talk about that location too. Yes, so you, you moved into the Beehive. Yes, we are at the Beehive in South LA, South Central LA, and it's really a pleasure to be there. Um, you know, we are an evolution of what was Green Tree Yoga and Meditation, a nonprofit that was also based in South Central on 83rd and Western. And so now that we've gotten into our new space after the pandemic, it's it's really a gift to be in this business campus that is called the Beehive um, by Sola. And it's good to be kind of in this oasis. Like <laughs> we have a whole outdoor, beautiful campus and the inside of our studio also reflects that very well. And that day where we hosted you all for the retreat is just one of the ways that we're able to really utilize and leverage this beautiful, spacious facility that we have to really allow people to take respite and to find rest and to reconnect in new ways, you know, with themselves and with each other outside of work. Yeah, it's a beautiful space. Lots of wood. Yes. Which for me, <laughs> if you're going to a space like, you know, to relax, mm -hmm. something natural to see feels really good. Yeah. Linoleum, linoleum just doesn't have that same right. impact. Tile right. just doesn't have that same impact. Right. Something about wood. Yes. It's the wood. It's the brick. <laughs> the it's space. the windows. Yes. The natural light. Yes. Yeah. And then we have these two private rooms, but they're also glass walled. So it's nice to also see that space. Um, yeah, nice kitchen, reception. I mean, it's it's really beautiful a beautiful kitchen. space. Beautiful um, wood table in the kitchen. Yes, so community this, table. <laughs> so none of this is accidental is what it sounds like. No, I think it, it has been a vision of the four of us. There are four owners in this cooperative um, for a while. And over the course of the pandemic, we had those two years to really be clear on what 
would be an adequate space for us. You know, we were we had a space before, but we already knew that we had outgrown that space. And so it was just time for us to really let the ideas flow, let the right places and pieces come into place. Um, and fortunately, you know, it, it wasn't a difficult process once we found that place. The first mm -hmm. time I walked into the Beehive and into the loft space that we have now, it was a clear yes. And mm -hmm. so, you know, here we are. So the Beehive, for people who have maybe not heard of it, because you talked about it as a business campus, there's actually mm -hmm. a lot of black businesses in this space. Yes. And a black market flea is an event that takes space, uh, takes place there. Yep. And other events take place there. Yeah, a lot of events take place there. There is um, a black on brewery and art gallery there as well. And there's really, honestly, a lot of vacant space still at the moment. There's not a whole lot of um, tenants in the space. So I, I know that this is just the beginning for the Beehive. Right. And that there's going to be so much more that's going to really fill that space as far as, as far as permanent tenants that are there. Um, but then, like you said, it's a whole event space. So right. Black Market Fleet is something that happens once a month, I know. I know everyday people was happening at a time. And there's a few other, like, there's been some sound bath things there. We had our grand opening and then we're able to use that courtyard space as well. Beautiful and just, courtyard. Yeah, it's it's just really spacious and, and green. Even though, like, right outside the doors, you, you feel like you're driving up an alley when you actually come into the space. And it's very, you know, warehouse district um, but once you step in, it's like, again, this oasis where you can kind of step out of whatever you were doing, you know, previously and really step into the space of Zen. It's like a whole other world, yeah. which is definitely something that fits Tree Yoga Co-op. Yeah, I like the, that. The reason why, I, and the fact that it's called the Beehive is another thing mm -hmm. that I thought was a great connection. Tree Yoga, Beehive, nature, <laughs> wood, yes. lots of light. You can't go wrong there. Yes. Um, we actually had Martin Woto as a guest uh -huh. on MHD Off the Record, and he talked about the Beehive. So it's yeah. good to have a business that's actually there to really talk about the space itself yeah. um, from your perspective. Because I'm sure people listened to that episode and said, okay, cool, Opportunity Zone. I'm sure that sounds good. Right. But to hear a business like Tree Yoga Co-op mm -hmm. is you know, able to benefit from a space like that in South Central Los Angeles. Absolutely. On Broadway, right? It's off of Central. Central, I'm sorry. Yeah, between Central. Central and Avalon. So the east side. Yeah. So it's on the east side. Yep. of South Central, a very neglected part of Los Angeles yep. that, you know, where people are doing a lot of work to try to, you know, restore the, the neighborhood for the neighbors, people that are right. already there. Like Martin Moto says, same neighbors, different neighborhood, but same neighbors. Mm -hmm. um, and so the beehive being there really is important for the community. So Tree Yoga being a part of that, because I believe it's an Opportunity Zone project. Yeah. And honestly, that, that's one of the things we hear so commonly when people call the tree, uh, literally this just happened yesterday. Really? A woman called and she's like, is this a yoga studio? And where are y'all located exactly? And she was speaking in Spanish, let me tell you, because that's, you know, a lot of our neighbors are Spanish speakers. Mm -hmm. And so the, um, she said, I, I told her exactly where we were on 60th between Central and Avalon. She was like, really? Like, are you like, when did you guys get there? Like, I had no idea there was a yoga studio right here. And a lot of times when people come to our doors, it's the same thing where it's just kind of this this delightful surprise that we exist and that we're so close and that we're right there accessible in the neighborhood. And that's exactly to the mission of why we're here, you know, and we just want to continue to do that in South Central L.A. and in other neighborhoods that reflect this as we continue to grow. I love that. Yeah. I love that people were able to or the fact that you were able to experience 
what it was like for the residents there to yeah. to feel the benefit of having it right there in their community. Yep. That's beautiful. So beautiful for her, beautiful for you to witness that. Yeah, absolutely. It is. So how? let me ask that. How does it feel for you to be able to, because I see this, well, I'm asking this because I want the listeners to know, but you have this big smile on your face. <laughs> I do. So it's very clear how it fe- I can sense how it made you feel. But how does it really feel to know the residents are seeking a space like this and yes. they're able to find it right in their own neighborhood? You and know, that you're that space. Yes. It's it's a joy. It's a privilege. It's an honor. and But it's also just right in alignment with what was calling in my heart, you know, and, and why I'm doing it, why we're doing it. it. You know, accessibility is huge. We acknowledge that a lot of times people think of L.A. being, a, you know, a zone for yoga, but that's only some parts of L.A. Right. So there's a lot of pockets of L.A. where yoga and wellness and these types of spaces don't exist or haven't existed. And so that's at least why not we're, at a proliferation of them. Right. Yeah. Right. And so we're, we're here to really, um, we see that void and, and we are, you know, we're part of that community. Like the four of us have either currently or have lived in South LA. And so it's just like, you know, and we have gotten into yoga in various ways. And so we wanted it. We wanted it for ourselves. And once the space was open, we realized like, this is a common thing. There's, there's a heightened, I think, awareness and prioritization of wellness and understanding that we have to take ownership of our wellness just as much as we want to rely on professionals to assist us in our wellness. We have to understand that it's a self journey as well. And I think that that's what yoga, these practices remind us when you're in a yoga class, doing meditation, breathing consciously, moving mindfully, any of those practices and simply also what you're affirming to yourself in your mind, how you are paying attention to your mental space, all of that is really how we take greater control and greater agency in how we feel, mm-hmm. the tone that we're setting, the mood that we're in, the attitude that we have, all of that affects our wellness. That's scientific as well. Facts. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. You know, um, I talk a lot about, you know, I t- talk about it on this show as well. You know, I teach trauma-informed care. Yes. And mindfulness, yoga, meditation, being able to be in a space where you can feel connected, feel community are some of the key parts to your our healing journey. Yeah. It's also one of some of the key parts of us managing our everyday stresses. Yeah. So I, and I want to talk about that more, but before we get deeper into that, because I can see where you're going, girl, right. you ready, <laughs> you ready. Um, let's talk a little bit about how Tree Yoga Cooperative came about. How did yes. it start? Yes. So the cooperative was founded in the end of 2020, basically September 2020. So when we had our grand opening this year, it was our two year anniversary. And it started because the four of us founders, we all were in various ways connected with what was Green Tree Yoga and Meditation. It was also called the Tree South LA. It was a nonprofit. And we were working there in various ways as teachers, admin, all of that stuff. And our care and our commitment to the practice and to the mission of that organization was something that just really took root in all of us, right? And as that organization transitioned, the founder at the time, her name is Raja Michelle, and she really, you know, we were all in relationship with her in various ways because we worked there. And it was really just a way for us to kind of evolve the studio space as 
also the pandemic was happening. So we literally did have to kind of give up the space, mm-hmm. the physical space. Um, but also the transition in all of our personal lives to where it was um, actually she was studying at the time about cooperatives because it was a new idea to all of us. We had mm-hmm. no idea what a cooperative was. And you're going to explain and what that is. Yes, we can talk about that. But um, yeah, she was in a program where that was something that was of, of one of her main focuses about how cooperatives have been historically great ways for communal economic growth, mm. um, for communities to take ownership and the services in their communities, all of that. And so, again, it was a new concept for us, but we were open to the idea because we definitely wanted to continue this business. We definitely wanted to see it continue to evolve. Although we realized, I mean, it was the pandemic. Who knew what was about to happen? So it was <laughs> right. just like, exactly. let's, just, let's just move forward. I mean, mm. it was a faithful forward moving. But it was a fire in all of us at that time, especially, I will say, and, I, you know, we're still on that way. But we got together. We decided we knew we had to start a new entity and we started it as a cooperative. And we were able to still connect with the community, all the people who were mm-hmm. who came to the tree before. And it was just the evolution. It was just the evolution of the business, of leadership, all of that. Um, and so that's how it came to be. And I would just say our passions and our ideas and visions and creativity is what's continuing to fuel it. Um, and I can definitely see that. Yeah. <laughs> and and also to your previous question about what how I feel about seeing the people who come into the space, that's another piece that really gives me pride and joy. Um, the fact that we're able to witness ourselves and each other in our transformation in our journey of healing, well-being, of growth. Um, specifically, we do a yoga teacher training, and that's like specifically seeing people who want to be teachers but are students at starting. And then over this three-month journey, they like the confidence that's gained, the skills that's gained, the like the clarity in their why and purpose of why they want to show up and hold space for other people in this way. Um, that evolution and being able to witness is just golden. And I think that that also aids in our health, our well-being, to see other people also living healthy, well, and caring about their health. So it inspires you to see others yeah. doing well from the work that you're sharing. Absolutely. I love that because it sounds like part of what you want to do is share what has helped you. Yeah. And oh, what yeah. has moved you guys, that fire that was in you guys, yeah. you want to spread. Yes. One thing we need in California is more fire. <laughs> <laughs> right. Not really. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think that that's absolutely it. It's, it's yeah. understanding that it's a communal thing. It's We can't do it all by ourselves. So being consistent with the communal idea, you yeah. have created a business. Well, not created the business model, but you participate in this business right. model uh, called a cooperative. Right. What is a cooperative business? And why did you choose that particular model as opposed to just becoming business partners? Right. So in the research in our early days, um, it came to be our understanding. The main difference for me uh, that a cooperative is, and to be clear, like we're still registered as an LLC, but we operate as a cooperative. And so that means it's mainly about how we operate. It's mainly about how we relate to one another. Um, There's no like one boss and everyone follows that person's orders or anything like that. It really is about how we make decisions and ultimately also how we share profits. And the I do want to clarify, we are a worker owned cooperative. There are also other types of cooperatives. One of the more popular ones is member cooperatives. And that's the model you see with like grocery stores sometimes where you there's like a grocery store cooperative and 
you pay a certain amount and then you get like benefits as far as groceries that you get, but you also have ownership. And this, so that's a member cooperative. The one that we have is called a worker owned cooperative. And that means that the workers are the owners. So we as workers, as yoga teachers are also the the owners and we share decision-making um, and that's that's the main thing about it is is like being a democratic type of work environment. Um, I think it's important to know that. I mean, the way that our the four of us kind of operate it, it has been very divine in that each of us have specific skills that all aid and contribute to like the work, the administrative piece of operating the business. Um, we're all teachers, yoga teachers, and then we all have this like you know, operational component as well. Um, and so ultimately we want to create more space to where other teachers can also be owners, worker owners, as opposed to, again, the member type where it's like we have members who are also owners. But yeah, the main thing is like working together in a democratic way um, and also sharing those responsibilities and the workers being the owners. It's not like yoga teachers and then there's someone who's not a yoga teacher who's just the ceo who don't owner. even show up exactly if you live, right. live somewhere exactly. in a whole other area right just checks in on what the numbers look like right. and that's it right and honestly i feel i i don't i haven't set up a partnership or another type of business entity but i imagine that you could establish you know your ways of working together similarly even mm-hmm. if you didn't um, set up your business as a cooperative Um, There are seven principles of cooperative that are like across the board. Um, They're on our website. I don't have all of them memorized, but I do know a couple of them that I wanted to highlight. And again, one of them is about the democratic like decision making dynamic. Um, Another piece is about education and making sure that we um, educate other people about this other type of business structure. And then the third piece is working with other cooperatives. And so as we got started as well, we were introduced to the L.A. Co-op Lab. And they're an organization based here who supports the establishment and just the continuation of cooperatives. Um, And again, it's meant to be an economic sharing of people who are working and to really uplift and honor the workers and the work that's being done. So again, like first and foremost, all of us are yoga teachers, right? And we're also owners of this business, but yeah. While working the business. While working the business, for sure. I love it though. I I love that because it's one of those concepts that I don't think everyone even knows about. Because like you said, you didn't, you had had never heard of it (laughs) until it was introduced to you. Exactly. Um, But the fact that this is Mm. something that not only has it been introduced, but you've decided to take part in. Right. And you see the benefits of. Yeah. And you also said that you want to educate others and participate in being in community with other cooperatives. Right. Right. We have been introduced to so many other cooperatives. One that just popped to my mind, there's one in Lamert Park, uh, a bike shop, Ride On, Ade. That's one of the owners there. And and yeah, just acknowledging that there are other businesses that are doing the similar model and we get to learn from each other and it's it's a very sharing community i've found so i love that (laughs) i love that because now people who are looking to build businesses here in south la can Mm -hmm. now know like wait a minute i won't be alone if we try to this model trying something yeah, new. There are resources, but yeah, it's not as broadcasted as, you know, just filing an LLC or things like that, but it's definitely resources out there once you start looking. Let's talk a little bit about yoga, mindfulness, and meditation, what that is. Yes. Well, first off, yoga has been around for hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah. But yet, 
it didn't get popular in the U.S. to like the 60s. Mm-hmm. Right. And I would say it didn't even really go, you know, ham until the 2000s <laughs> right, right. <laughs> where you're seeing all types of yoga, you know, yeah. Bikram yoga and kund- is it Kundalini yoga yeah. and power yoga and all types of sweaty yoga and, yeah. you know, all ty- there's different types of yoga now. <laughs> um, some stuff I question is even yoga. Mm. Um, it's hip hop yoga. There's all mm-hmm. types of, that's not taught by people of hip hop culture, but that's mm. a whole other conversation. Um, we do have a trap yoga class taught by have, a black woman. <laughs> shout out to y'all for that. Absolutely. Yeah. Amisha the Unicorn. <laughs> I'm glad for that because yes. I'm sure you've seen the other ones. <laughs> And you were, if you haven't seen them, they're on uh, social, I see them on social media and people are like, what is this? Um, (laughs) But, but, um, you know, what is, why do you believe yoga has become so popular over the years? So I think it's twofold. There's two ways that I see it. (laughs) There's one, the popularity piece of it and the fact that You know, honestly, um, a lot of the ways that it is introduced to people here in America is it's a gym thing. It's a workout thing. It's a um, it's another it's another just physical fitness thing. It's another how can I lose weight and get my body right thing. How do I get lean muscle? That's another one I hear people talk about. Yeah. All this physical, again, diet culture type talk Mm. and like especially in LA yeah yeah Yeah. so you know that's one reason why it has become more popular though or more prominent Mm. whatever is because I mean that's popular you know um people are into it it's a it's a cultural thing in this western world for sure (laughs) um which you know that just is what it is so that's one piece the other piece of it for me is I also believe that again a lot of people are acknowledging their own stress, their own anxiety, their own worry, angst, fear, the prevalence and just like recurring nature of that for so many people. And the reality that those are just precursors to the more even diagnosable diseases and death sentences, truly. So people are becoming more curious about other ways of how to prevent that, how to manage it, how to overcome, surpass that. How to not have to live like that all day. We were having this conversation before we got on the mic just about how some it's it's a lot of times we can be aware of it how our mind will take us <laughs> to some place like as if we're in a life or death situation. Right. Like something really is about to like happen when we're going to be 5 minutes late for something. And it's like that is okay. We don't have to literally turn our brain into this fight, flight, freeze mode mm. because of something that really isn't going to kill us. It's not actually life-threatening. Now, you know, you mentioned trauma-informed um, practices, and we do trauma-informed yoga. Our tra- training is about, teaches with trauma-informed as well, and it really is a lot of reasons we can go into as far as historically and current day as to why a lot of things trigger us yes. so readily. Right. Um, And with that, there's the awareness and the acknowledgement that like, how can I lessen this? And a lot of times it's after the fact we're aware that, you know, either we're replaying stuff in our mind or we understand like, dang, like, why did I do that? Or why, you know, why am I so stressed out about X, Y and Z? Why am I where, you know, all of these things where we feel um, you know, as we say, like on the lower end of the emotional scale, you know, mm-hmm. just, you know. And so I think that's another reason why yoga is becoming more prevalent is because 
more people are acknowledging that it is a helpful tool, resource to prevent and manage a lot of those preventable diseases, a lot of those um, kind of chronic mental states. And that's, you know, in one sense, you can say that's really what yoga is. And that's what even stress, fear, anxiety, all that is. There are mental states. There are states of mind. Yes. And so in yoga, it is akin to, you know, hypnosis a lot of times where we're literally taking ourselves to a different space of mind. Um, And, you know, and I like to say, and as we read in a lot of yogic texts, the Yoga Sutras is one that I use a lot. it, It talks about, you know, that's the natural state. The natural state is to be at ease. Peace is pervasive. You know, peace is there. Balance is there. And we know it's there because when we're off balance, we feel it. Right. So how do we like settle ourselves into the natural state? To where peace is our baseline. Exactly. Versus our our stress being our baseline. And that's an interesting point. And and, and it's going to lead me to something else that I want to talk about a little bit later because about how you target specific communities. Mm -hmm. But before we get to that, let's talk a little bit about a bit Let's talk a little bit about <laughs> mindfulness and meditation. Mm-hmm. What is mindfulness? I know I've used that term a lot since we've started, but what is it for people who may have never heard this term before? Yeah, great question. And the word is misleading because mindfulness is really being like less in your mind. <laughs> Not full of your mind. <laughs> right. But another way to put it, mindfulness for me is pure awareness. Purely being aware of something in the present moment, being present. Um, and with practice, it's also like being aware of something without adding all the layers of judgment or meaning or relating it to all the other things in your world. But how can you be pure in this moment with what is in front of me, with what's present? And how does meditation support that? Yes. Yeah, so meditation, one way to think about meditation. So Meditation, and if we talk about the eight limbs of yoga, which you know is is one baseline of philosophy, meditation comes from concentration. When we concentrate on one thing, when we allow our mind to be one pointed, to be focused, to be that's that's stealing the mind or calming the mind or letting the mind calm down. Meditation ultimately is like being absorbed in that like oneness, oneness, allness, however it feels, but it's kind of it's it's pure presence. It's allowing your mind to be open to that pervasive peace, to that natural state of who you are. It's like sometimes we think about the mind as like a lake where you kind of throw a rock in the lake and all the ripples go and it Mm. makes all these waves, right? But if you don't throw that rock, you know, and if you allow the waters to still and to calm, that calmness, that ease of mind is where meditation can take us. Um, and yeah, it's like that openness, but pureness, calmness, and there's also this kind of emptiness. But a, a big piece of it is because sometimes people think, oh, if I sit here, I'm meditating, and then they start thinking like, oh, what is this? Why am I sitting here? You know, what is my, I'm not doing this right. I can't do this. I'm bad at this. All these <laughs> thoughts, right? Right. Even being aware of that, though, is like the path to meditation. <laughs> like, and so, and I say that because that's so normal. And I, I feel like people, it's like the common thing, too, where people are like, 
oh, I'm not flexible, so I can't do yoga. And I'm like, that is the reason to do yoga, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> you don't, you know, it's not for people who are super flexible necessarily. People become flexible because they have done yoga, right? right? That's my story for sure. Like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't start out doing all the things that I can do now with my body and my mind and all of that stuff. That has happened through practice and through time. But so meditation too, when you first do it, it's like riding a bike for the first time. You you gonna fall, you know, you're not gonna get it perfect the first time. Um, but as you stay with it, you start to see, yes, now I can start to notice the thoughts. Now I can start to have maybe a little more space between thoughts. Doesn't mean all the thoughts are gone, but right. there's some space between there. And more importantly, there's some awareness of the thoughts so that I can like disidentify with them. I can disassociate with them. Instead of me taking on the identity of whatever the thought is, like, oh, I'm bad at this or whatever, whatever. You can have a thought that like, look at me thinking, you know? Like, I love that. <laughs> but- because I think what happens, I think that's a really good point because I think what happens is we begin to judge ourselves. Exactly. And it's such a nasty habit, right? Where, and I know mm-hmm. we, I, we can talk about where it comes from um, in a minute, but you know, a lot of that, blame Mm -hmm. can prevent us from moving forward yeah so what you're saying is well take that thought don't dwell on the thought and say well look at me i'm a failure at meditation say look at the thought look at the thought that's it that's it (laughs) and then know that that's all it is it is a thought it is not who you are yes i think we identify ourselves with our thoughts so greatly and yeah and and that's the natural i mean and that's meant to be used to our benefit (laughs) but a lot of times the thoughts that are recurring are negative in nature that that's the trajectory that we are on. And so we can do the same thing by creating and focusing on affirming, you know, thoughts that we care to have. Um, And that same thing will happen where we can, again, literally create new identities. (laughs) And I like that you you pointed this out. It's it's not necessarily these are bad things. Our bodies are meant to do certain things. It's supposed to keep us out of danger. The problem is our bodies are constantly feeling like they're in danger, even though in the present, we're Mm -hmm. not in danger. And this leads me to something that I really love about what you guys do at Tree Yoga Mm Co-op. Not only by location are you targeting clearly black and brown folks, Mm -hmm. but by your practice. And that was something that seems very intentional from going to your space experiencing what you guys do, who you guys partner with. um, And in talking to you and researching more about the co-op, it's very clear that even in practice, it's important that you target particular communities, black and brown communities specifically, um, and marginalized communities even within that, uh, or further marginalized communities even within that. Why did you guys specifically want in practice to make sure that the work that you were doing was conducive to uh, the healing journeys of those who are black, brown, LGBTQ, veterans, uh, you know, immigrants. Mm -hmm. Why was that important? Yeah, well, all of those identities are identities of the four of us as owners, number one. And, And so that's who we can literally relate to. And based on, again, where we are physically located, um, We definitely like that's intentional in terms of acknowledging that the people who live in these areas, if they want to go to a yoga studio again, it's just less accessible. It Mm -hmm. just is. And a lot of times the leadership and the teachers there in the space are not reflective of who they are. And so because this is already a lot of times a new thing for people, a lot of the people who come through our doors are new to the practice of yoga. 
And so because it's already like kind of what is this, you know, <laughs> anyone who's, you know, if you've been to a yoga class for the first time, it is, it can be very weird. It was weird for me when I first started meditation. Like, it was just like, what is this? This is different. This is new. I don't know anyone else who does this. And so as we can acknowledge that experience for a lot of people, we want to be sure that we can be welcoming in a way that really connects and lets them know that this is for you. Um, that this is a place where you can be curious about yourself, explore your mind, body, spirit, your being. Um, that's what the practice is. And ultimately, it's meant to be empowering and uplifting for people of color, um, for people where we acknowledge that, you know, we got to lift ourselves up most of the time. Mm -hmm. You know, we don't always get the affirmation from outside of ourselves. And so it's just like, how do we create a space where we can really do that, show that, allow that, encourage that? Um, and because these practices have been so beneficial for all of us, it's clear, obviously, that that's why we're in the work of doing it mm -hmm. and continuing to share it and teach it and spread it. But the reality is these practices are accessible. Like you don't need anything else right. or anybody else. I think best quotes um, for me, a lot of times that I always come back to is simply like, be still and know, like be still, be still. Like that is the practice of yoga. Like that is it. <laughs> be still. That's so hard. And even exactly. <laughs> and you know what? They, if you read in the books as well, it's like all of that movement we do in practice, what we call asanas, those are the physical postures. All of those poses and postures that we call yoga, which is only one part of yoga, mm. right? That movement is all basically like getting the wiggles out so you can sit still. Oh. The point is move and move your body, feel your body, move all, allow the tensions, blockages, the obstacles, all that stuff to move through so that you can be still and be comfortable and connect with the source within you, with the life in you, the spirit in you. When we talk about the breath, like that is the spirit in us. The breath, everybody got it. It's, it's accessible. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, how do we simplify it and let people know it's in you. You got all that you need. Nobody else can really give you, but we can do the best we can to create a space and to share and to let ourselves be seen so that we can see the examples and encourage. You know, as you were talking, I was just thinking about how beneficial this is to our community because if anybody dealing with some stress, right. <laughs> when you talk about the stressors of things like systemic oppression, mm -hmm. um, historic trauma, intergenerational trauma, um, and the things that, you know, what we experience on a day-to-day -day basis. I'll give you an example, you know, I always think about like, you know, if you have like insurance mm -hmm. or or if you have certain types of, uh, you have a doctor and they often want to give you more medication for things like depression, mm -hmm. for things, not saying that I'm anti-medication necessarily, you do what's necessary for you and your body. Mm -hmm. But I always think about like, sometimes I don't, I don't know if the medication is going to help when we're still dealing with the traumas and the, on a day-to-day -day basis, if mm -hmm. we're still dealing with the systemic oppression daily. If my issue is unstable housing, how is the medication going to fix that? Because these are things that stress us out. These are the things that can re-traumatize us, especially if as children we didn't have stable housing. 
Then as an adult living in Los Angeles where the rent is too daggone high and we dealing with a homelessness crisis of epic proportions. I just saw an article today that said California has, I think, the majority of the homeless in the country. Mm. I think it's like 40 percent or something like that. When we're dealing with these things and we know these things impact our communities the greatest. It's interesting how the solution seems to be, well, you just need some medication. You just need to do these, you know, these things while those same entities that are pumping you full of medication are continuing to oppress your community. That's a whole nother conversation. (laughs) Well, not really. It's the same conversation. (laughs) But what I find to be interesting about learning mindfulness, about learning yoga and learning these different practices is that while it's not going to necessarily address systemic oppression, it does help me get through and maneuver in my community throughout my day, mm-hmm. as I work, which is what I love about what you guys do, because mm-hmm. you guys say this on your website, as I work to address systemic oppression, as we work to change the structures yeah. that are causing the problems. Because it sounds like also when I read your website <laughs> that you guys are like, yo, this is going to help us get to liberation. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it, and it's, it, I don't want to say like, you know, this is the end all be all answer to everything in life. However... <laughs> <laughs> This will help us get there. <laughs> I mean, I yoga is about liberation. It's about personal and collective liberation. Ooh, personal period. and collective. Yes. Okay. As the one is the all, right? As I uplift myself, empower myself, as I do this for myself, I'm only an example, right, for someone else to know like, oh, that's possible. Or, oh, I'm encouraged or inspired to do something similar or whatever it is, right? So we're reflections of each other in, in that way, right? But the practices of yoga, you know, it's about personal liberation. I think one, primarily because we are pointing to our balanced state of being. The breath is, you know, we start with the breath as a practice because the breath is a friend in that it teaches us balance. For every inhale, there's an exhale, there's a flow, right? It also teaches us that there are things in this life that we can control. There are things that we cannot control. And we're about riding the wave. We talk about breath exercises because we can we can hold the breath, we can accentuate the breath, we can shorten the breath, we can do all those things. And also the breath is flowing without us having to think about it, right? Mm. So it's this involuntary thing or we can voluntarily hold our breath, extend the breath, do all these things. Right. Ultimately, though, there's this flow, there's this rhythm. And again, if collectively, right, We allowed ourselves to embody these states of being that are balanced, peace of mind, all of that. We also talk about principles like nonviolence. And nonviolence is not only about like not killing someone, right? Right. Nonviolence really, again, starts with yourself. How are you treating yourself? How do you speak to yourself? Mm -hmm. Are you kind to yourself? Are you putting yourself down all the time? That's verbal, you know, like literally how are we treating ourselves? Hurting our own spirit. Exactly. And we talk about truthfulness, being honest, showing up authentically like all of these things we talk about self-study and being able to like really look at yourself in the mirror look at yourself how your mental space is how you feel physically like all of these things so again it's the awareness of self yoga is about self-awareness and as we gain greater self-awareness we can start to shift how we react to the world respond to the world the energy we're putting out the attitude that we have All of that stuff is what creates change. The other thing also, we talk about creativity, new ideas that flow from a state of, from a calm mind versus a chaotic mind. Like, you know the difference. Yes, that's a a word. What a different day you have. Literally just one day when you started off on a particular note, 
versus like a lower note, you know, or when you started off in the spirit of today's going to be a good day or, you know, today I'm expecting something good for myself versus like, dang, today I got to do this again. That person going to piss me off. Like, you know, right. You just literally taking yourself down that path before it even happens. You know, and in this going back to, you know, the point around you guys being a space because, you know, you guys are very clear (laughs) in your mission. But being a space where people can work on collective liberation in addition to personal liberation, one of the things that we know is that we make we're more creative and we make the best decisions when we are in a calmer state of mind. For sure, because the neocortex in our brains is online. When we are in fear, which is when the amygdala, which is the beginning of our brain's fear response system, Mm -hmm. it's like a little alarm. When it goes off. That neocortex goes offline. Yeah. And that's where our ability, ability to not only learn, but be creative, be strategic, to have long-term planning and thinking. That's where that is in the neocortex. When that goes offline, when we're in fear, not only does that go offline, our ability to connect and empathize goes offline, mm-hmm. which is in the limbic system, so or the mammalian brain, as they call it. Um, that goes offline. And then we're operating in survival mode, mm-hmm. which is our reptilian brain, right? And when we're in that reptilian brain, that's where we don't have the impulse control. That's because we're operating to survive. And we make these rash decisions. I always remind people, think about when you're scared or you're angry. How many good decisions (laughs) (laughs) have you made in that state of mind? Probably not too many, right? In fact, if you think of some of your worst decisions you made, you're probably angry, afraid, or hurt, which is really what anger is, fear or hurt, right? And what you are saying is that, you know, when you're practicing mindfulness and meditation and yoga in particular, because that encompasses both, when you're practicing things like yoga on a regular basis, it helps you to be able to not be triggered to that survival state of your brain all day, every day. As people who have been historically oppressed and traumatized and are constantly dealing with these stressors, it gives us a space to be able to, okay, yes, this is stressful, but I can get myself into a creative space. I can begin to plan for our liberation. I can begin to be creative in how we think about our liberation, whether it's your work as an activist, whether it's your work as an educator, mm-hmm. whether it's your work in the medical field, yeah. right? Or whatever it is that you do. And whether it's just because, you know, I, I met a lady, all she does, she's retired. She mm-hmm. just gets up, her and her husband, they get up every day and they serve food to the homeless. Whatever she's eating that day, yeah. she makes a whole lot of it and goes down to Skid Row and passes out food. The other day she made gumbo, wow. right? Dead serious. Yeah. For a gumbo for on Skid Row, <laughs> just passing out gumbo, which was, she gave me something with delicious. <laughs> Very delicious, has seafood and everything, crab legs, shrimp, all that, you know? But she's able to do that because she said that, you know, I'm happier now. I'm at peace. And I've been, she learned gratefulness and how that helped her to realize what she had and what she could offer. She doesn't have a whole lot, but she's able to do what she can where she's at. And when we're in that state of mind, it sounds like that's what you're saying. Like when we can get to that space, Mm -hmm. we're not operating out of that survival mode. We're not agitated. We're on that low note as you described it. Mm We can get to this space of connection because that limbic system comes back online. Right. We can get to that space of creative thinking, strategic planning. And I want people to know that's what the benefit is of having a space like yours in our community. Yeah. Yeah. It, it can shift your whole perspective. And it, it's going to be, you know, one thing at a time. It's a it's a journey. Um, Love that. It's a yes, journey. It is. Yes. It, it's one day at a time. And, you know, 
again, if you take literally one day at a time <laughs> with yourself, because a lot of times all those other things come up because we're thinking very far in the past or very far in the future. Yes. And so it's like if we literally take today to set your own tone, try it out, experiment with it, like literally be light with it um, and see what new trajectory can come just through your thought paths and what life shows you. And that's the fun part of it, too, is like as you start getting into it, as you start making space for yourself, finding your own pockets of peace and letting them become more, then you really see how life shows up for you differently. I love that. Finding your pockets of peace, such as the Tree Yoga Cooperative, <laughs> yes. located at the Beehive <laughs> on Central Avenue in South Central Los Angeles. Yes. You know, I was going to ask a question about your mission statement, but I feel like you've answered this question completely. Because <laughs> okay. the mission of the Tree Yoga Co-op is to be a hub of holistic wellness and community support. Yeah. And I feel like you've definitely laid that out and how that works. So what kind of programs do you guys offer? Yes. What classes do you have? Um, and what's available to our communities? Yes, great question. I I love that we have daily offerings. You know, you can come to take a class at the tree any day of the week. Um, we have also weekly workshops. So we have different wellness workshops with different practitioners. One of the main ones that we have is a sound bath meditation that we have usually once a month. We also have comedic yoga workshop once a month, and um, a comedic yeah. from like comet. Yes, you mean wait, wait, so you trying to tell me? You trying to tell me there's some African, ancient African yoga yes, popping off? You already know. So Simone. wait, <laughs> so when I said they target black and brown communities. Y'all thought I was exaggerating. Yes, you got a comedic yoga. Yes, okay. So we have comedic yoga, and we also have a practice called kinam, which is from what is current day the South Americas or the Americas. Um, what we call the yes, Americas. Yeah, it was uh, Anawak is the word. Okay. Yep. That we refer to as the Americas. Kemet is what we now refer to as Egypt. Mm -hmm. um, Kemet is, though we say is, you know, the original civilization. Um, we talk about nice. principles of um, Kemetic yoga, which really the word is ma'at, which is balance, harmony. There's um, a symbol, an image of like a scale with a heart and a feather on the scale and reminding us that our heart is meant to be light as a feather, right? Mm. Just like that peace of mind, that balance in the self, like being light as a feather. Um, and so, yes, we have these practices that come from civilizations that we might find more relatable. Um, you, oh, yes. you mean our <laughs> our own ancient ancestors? Absolutely. You know, because I, I know we're talking about classes, but you hit yeah. something. Yes. But so I just okay. named the <laughs> Which is the fact that we forget this is our, we don't even know this is our stuff. Yeah. We think, because yeah. we, you know, a lot of times people hear about yoga from other groups and other yeah. communities, not realizing that these are ancient African and ancient indigenous practices yeah. that have existed for hundreds of thousands of years. Yeah. A ancient Asian as well, but yes. Yeah, but it's also ancient African and ancient indigenous practices. Yes. So ultimately, yoga, so the word yoga is a Sanskrit word that does come from the Indian area, right? Um, yoga, though, what it means, the essence of it is about harmony, again, oneness, union with self, with the divine. And so a civilization before that, again, original Kemet, the civilization from um, Africa is also, again, that principle was ma'at. And that is the same principle of harmony, union, connection with the divine, with nature, with self. 
and acknowledging the importance of harmony, balance, order, trust, like all these things for civilization and for us to be again, civil with each other, meaning living in harmony, living in well-being, living in peace, right? So evolution of time and people and places around the globe, right? But there are these very similar practices that have shown up through different civilizations, right? So we acknowledge for sure what comes from the Indus Valley and that word yoga comes from there for sure. And a lot of the poses that we do come from that for sure. And then Kemetic yoga is taking poses that come from hieroglyphics from Kemet, Egypt, and using those postures. And again, the philosophy that comes from Kemet of Ma'at and balance and order and peace and harmony and all of that. Blowing my mind. Yeah. Blowing my mind. <laughs> and probably a few other people. Yes. So, you know, again, and ultimately, this is not about dividing. This is acknowledging that this is all, this is talking about humanity. Yeah. Mankind, right? We've traveled the globe throughout history based on the weather and all sorts of other things. And so it's kind of like how we have migrated as people around the globe is definitely something that has turned into what we now call culture and ethnicity and all of that. Mm -hmm. But at its basis, we're talking about mankind, humanity, and how we can live together and with ourselves in a sense of peace and love and joy and bliss. I love bliss because that's a word that shows up a lot um, in yogic texts. In Sanskrit, the word is ananda. And it's really, again, about bliss being the core of who we are. And it's I think about, you know, in the Bible, we talk about that peace that is pervasive, surpasses all understanding. Peace, bliss, joy. Ultimately, this is about enjoying this experience of life that's precious and that is so, like, mystical in so many ways the breath the fact that we have a body that knows how to move and talk like you know like all this stuff if we really think about it, it's like this is divine this is divinity at work yeah. but we can get sidetracked and think about so many you know yes. so many other things to where we miss the bliss and the beauty of life i 100 percent agree i i love everything you're saying and if people want to get more information on yes. all the classes that you have because you have a lot of classes yeah you lots of classes every day, every day. <laughs> you can get our membership that's the easiest way to be able to enjoy all the classes that we have all the time and also um yeah trainings that's another big thing that we do but you can find out all the information at the tree yoga co-op.org or on instagram as well at the Tree Yoga Co-op. Um, we do have our upcoming 200-hour yoga teacher training. So if you want to be certified to teach yoga and be in this great space, transformative journey of self-practice, that is starting in February. So again, reach out to us online or on Instagram. I love it. And sometimes you might catch them at some of our CD8 events. Yes, you will. Doing wonderful work, <laughs> doing yoga at some yes. of our uh, health and wellness events. Absolutely. So sh just show up to some of our stuff. You'll you'll see them. Love you'll it. see Janet because Janet's always there. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, we appreciate you so much. Thank you again. Um, you can go to their website, Tree Yoga Co-op. The Tree oh, Yoga Co-op. The Tree Yoga Co-op.org. Dot org. Mm -hmm. And that's where you can get more information. This information will also be in the show notes, um, in addition to Jana's bio, so you can get to know more about her. 
appreciate you so much. I appreciate you, Sharon. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, listeners. This is our last episode of the year. We hope you enjoyed season two of MHD Off the Record. We have lots of new and exciting conversations geared up for season three. And we know you're looking forward to more great interviews in 2023. So on behalf of Council Member Marquise Harris-Dawson and the whole team at Council District 8, happy holidays. Thank you for listening to MHD Off the Record. And special thank you to Felicia the Poetess Morris of Morris Media Studios in Lamert Park. For more information, please visit MHDCD8.com and follow at MHDCD8 on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Don't forget to rate us five stars, subscribe, and share with a friend.